0: Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire, and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome everyone to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley. And with me today is my guest, Janelle Hunt. Welcome to the show, Janelle. I am so honored to have you on. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on this um, platform. I really appreciate it.
0: Excellent. Janelle is an author and a domestic violence coach. And so she's going to be sharing her journey through domestic violence experience and the journey of writing a book. And you're going to tell us all about it. And I'm so Honored to have you on to do so. Why don't you go ahead and tell us, first of all, how did your journey begin and led up to writing the book?
1: So, my journey began. I fell in love in like eighth grade and went into like high school sweethearts. And it didn't start out violent, it was just high school sweetheart, just innocent love. And then as I got to start taking care of myself, like self care and Working out and losing weight, then I started noticing their aggressiveness or don't wear this, don't wear that. Then, as we got to become young adults, it became physical. As far as like the controlling, don't go here, don't go there. Um, Let me know if you leave the house, you know. Um, If you ever try to be with somebody else, they're not going to love you like I loved you. Then later on, he got addicted to PCP, it's a drug. I tried to get him help, and he kept relapsing and relapsing. And then about the second time, that's when God gave me the strength to walk away. He was in a rehab facility. He came home, tried to choke me out in a chokehold. I was able to set myself free. He left the house, and that was my time. I was already preparing to leave anyway, but that was the last straw. So I got all my things. I put it in my Mustang, and I went home to my mother's house, and I never looked back.
0: Thank you for sharing that with us, and and I know that that's probably the the condensed version of the experience that you went through. But I mean, that's it's brave and it's wonderful that you are sharing this now with others, so that they can hopefully learn a little bit from your experience and maybe find some strength in knowing that they can leave that, Mm
1: -hmm. right? And I
0: think that's something that is important for you to share with others, right?
1: Yes, because I just, you know, any women that, that are going through domestic violence or that is still in domestic violence, I want them to know that it's hope on the other side. There is life afterwards. I know you may have given up several years of your life and you don't want to rebuild. You don't even know where to start or you just don't even want the thought of it. But I just want them to know that there is hope on the other side and that God is waiting on them to come out of that situation when he'll give them the steps to take to remove themselves from that situation. So it's really passionate to me because I know when I was in that state, I didn't have nobody to speak to. And during those times, I wasn't open with my family. I kept it to myself because my mother was always taught, you know, you keep it to yourself. Like, don't share with the public. Don't share with anybody outside the house that you've been abused, you've been molested. And to be honest, I didn't tell my mom what happened, everything that happened with me in that relationship until I moved back home. But then that's when my mom broke her silence and said she was in domestic violence as well. As a young age, but you know, I didn't know that. And that's where the issue lies. This is why we were not equipped to be prepared to keep us from going down that road of domestic violence or identifying that early signs. But I just want them to know that they can tell their story, that God is waiting on them, and somebody else needs to hear their stories. And there's room for them, and that they know that it is hope on the other side.
0: You know, I love what you said about how traditionally we've kind of been told that you don't tell people what's happening inside your home. But really, if we can share that with somebody, especially somebody who maybe has some tools that can help, it it makes such a difference in your life, right? Because you've got access to people. There are people who are out there who are willing to help capable of helping and, and giving you tools also to get out of situations like that. But you've got to be brave enough to speak about it.
1: Yes, that is the main thing. It's that you have to take the stand and you have to number one, forgive your abusers because I was molested as a child. And then I got into, you know, the domestic violence relationship, but them same Abuse, they carry the same trait. You're used to being used when they need you and then left like you're a mech. So I was used to being treated like that, but I had to learn to forgive the person who molested me and to forgive my abuser um, as an adult relationship because if not, I would have kept living in that same way. I would have kept being defensive. If anybody said anything to me, I probably would have cussed you out because I was protecting myself. I didn't trust people. So that's the main thing I always say. Trust is the big thing. in forgiveness. You have to forgive before you can trust anybody. You have to forgive. And it's not for the other person. It's not to forget what happened to you. It's just to let go of the trauma. So you don't have to live in those layers anymore.
0: Yeah, that is such a great point. How Forgiveness really isn't about the other person. It's what happens inside you when you forgive the, the other person. You're really releasing yourself. And there's uh, a quote, and I'm probably not going to get it right, but basically, it's like that anger is like acid inside you. And yeah. all it's doing is eating you up. Yeah. Um, it, it really has no effect on the other person. It's really all what's happening inside you.
1: At all. And that's really like how I became like I became bitter. Like I was the bitter girl. Like if you brought any new friends towards me or anything, I just automatically thought they was negative. I automatically thought they wanted something from me or they wanted something from my friends. I was very territorial. And God has showed me that he showed me like bitterness. Like when you are holding on to anger and you become bitter, it's like you become an apple. But the core part of the apple is the bitterness. But everything on the outside is protecting the bitterness. But you become hard like the outside of an apple. And that's because you haven't forgiven. You haven't forgiven the the core of that bitterness. And until you do that, you won't be able to become your full authentic self because you had that layers of hurt the layers of anger, the layers of bitterness. You can't even become the person who God has called you to be if you don't forgive. And I think that's where a lot of people fail to forget because really like hurt people really do hurt people. You're defensive because you really hurt. It's not because you're, you may, it's not all the ways because somebody is mean and nasty. It's because somebody has hurt them and they haven't forgiven that person. So that's how I always like to like relate back to it because sometimes you don't even know that you're acting like that with people until somebody says, did somebody hurt you? Do you need to forgive somebody? But you don't know that coming up as a child, it was just, you know, like a blanket put over it. Like, you'll be okay. Just keep it to yourself. You'll be all right. But really, no, I'm growing up to become this aggressive woman, you know, a young adult and didn't even know why I was being like that.
0: Yeah, that's such a, a great analogy, the apple and the bitterness of the, the seeds in the core of it. Great analogy, a great way to think about it and how we've got to, you know, let that go, release that so that we're not carrying that around and and having it sort of infect every relationship that we have with friends, other family or whatever. So great great point and so I want to talk now a little bit about your book and kind of what motivated or inspired you to write it what was it about your experience that you wanted the readers to to get and understand from the written word
1: so the reason why my book came up is because like I was journaling because I kept having dreams of my past relationship, the incidents that I would have with my abuser if we got in an argument and he punched my legs and he made me feel like I was being stung by bees like 20 times on my thighs or when he blacked my eyes or, you know, the way he made me feel when he would look at other women in front of me and made me feel like I wasn't good enough. I kept having dreams about it, like back to back to back. And I just was journaling. I kept journaling and then I was praying and I was praying. I was like, God, like, why do I keep having these dreams? Why do you keep sending me these dreams? Is there something I'm supposed to do? And that's when it came that I need to write a book so that I can help women overcome it. But I still like with me writing the book, it was healing me as well. I was that core inside the apple. I was bitter And I didn't even know I was bitter. And I was getting in other relationships where they didn't last because I was ignorant. I was disrespectful and didn't even know why I was like that with the boyfriend that I had. And God was saying, like, you're bitter. You have to forgive. And through my writing, I was able to transform my healing as well. Because the healing takes a while if you don't know how to heal properly. So he was just walking me through that process. And then he told me to write a book so that I can help other women have that same blueprint to overcome the things that I had to overcome through my healing journey. So that's what inspired me to write my book.
0: That's awesome. Well, Janelle, why don't you tell us now what the title of the book is, and then we can um, talk a little bit more.
1: Okay, the book is called "Made on What I Know: Find Your Serenity, Reclaim Your Life, and Pursue Your Goals After Domestic Violence." It's my blueprint of how God allowed me to overcome the lingering after effects of domestic violence.
0: You you shared about how initially it was journaling that kind of led you sort of in this direction, and your conversations that you had with God. And I I want to know like. What was that writing process like for you? Was it really easy? Was it difficult? Did you find that the words just came super easily because you knew exactly from your heart what you wanted to share?
1: So I had some of the stories from my journaling, but I went through a transition of isolation from people. God was separating me from talking on the phone, watching TV, hanging out with friends going out to clubs, he just stopped it altogether and then he gave me a urge to write. And I don't know why I was getting the urges to write, but I would just whenever I felt that feeling, I would just write and write and write. And then on the last two chapters about forgiveness and purpose, he woke me up around three thirty to five thirty AM for two weeks and I wrote them chapters and that's when I received my healing as well on forgiveness, bitterness, and also walking in my purpose. So he used me as a vessel to write the book, but he was also healing me um, towards the end of my journey as well. And it's always a healing because you get triggers and things, but I know that, you know, God has me covered and he always helps me get through it. So that's what Inspired me, and that's how that journey was. The journey was not easy because I miss my friends. I miss being on the phone with my family, but it was just like I felt like he was just telling me, I need you to do something for me. And the people who are around you, they are taking up a lot of your time, but I need you to do this for me at this time. So, and I mean, even some of those relationships change. I don't have those same relationships. The uh, the relationships have changed. I love them dearly and I know they love me, but the dynamic of our relationships have changed over, over the years because God is calling me to do his work and he uses me as his vessel. So the time that I had to hang out, and things of that source I cannot do anymore because I'm constantly telling my story, getting the word out, and I'm building my business because he's telling me to do it to help women all over the world overcome these after effects of domestic violence.
0: Yeah, well, that's excellent. And thank you for sharing that with us. I think that it's, it really is amazing what we can accomplish when we've got something that is we just can't stop it from coming right it it's like we know we have to get it out and i think it's amazing how writing the physical act of writing is so truly healing yes. when you can get those things out and you know process them in a different way and release them and i think that's that's amazing i love journaling i think it's an incredible tool mm-hmm. and so thank you for sharing how that really was integral to writing this and, and I love that you shared that you were woken up at three o'clock or four o'clock or five mm-hmm. o'clock with like, I've got to get this written down right mm-hmm. now. And I think that that's amazing mm-hmm. that you, you got up and you did it and mm-hmm. you didn't ignore that call.
1: Yes. Yes. During the time, I didn't know why. It was just like I was getting up and it was like, I got to get it done. Like I would make sure that I had my notebook by me. Just in case I got woken up like God woke me up. So every time I knew I already had my notebook, I would turn on my lights. I would already have my Bible open and I would just start writing. And those last chapters, like it transformed me because I still didn't know that I still needed to heal from some things. My friends loved me. They adored me for me because they knew me, but I also would put them in a bad situation when I wasn't healed because I wasn't so welcoming to their friends. I mean, even to this day, we laugh about it now, but I mean, a lot of those friends was like, I don't want to be around that girl. Like she's a mean girl, but it was because I was hurt and I still didn't forgive. But I thank God for, you know, waking me up and showing me those things so that I could heal and become the woman who he's called me to be. And that's what I always tell women, You know, you may be going through that dark storm right now, but when I tell you the sun comes out and you will walk in that glory, he will give you the hope in in the desires of your heart. Like you just have to trust him because like, I wish I had a book to read when I was going through those journeys. Like I wish somebody would have said, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like I got you. Like, I'm going to have you write a book for my kingdom so that you can go back and help your sisters who're still in domestic violence. I'm going to allow you to walk into your purpose to create your coaching business to help women. But during those time in that dark storms, I wouldn't have never thought that. But if I had somebody that could reach back and tell me, God has something for you to do for his kingdom. You just trust him. Keep journaling. Keep listening to your dreams. Keep whatever you feel is right in your spirit. Write it down because he's going to call you to allow it to blossom in your future. So that's Mm. why I always tell women, he has something for you to do. Just trust him and go through the process. There is light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Yeah, that's such an amazing message. Really, I I think we can't say it enough in, in situations like this that it may appear that there is nothing that's going to nothing positive. That's going to come for you in the future, but that's not true. That's that's a lie, yeah. and that there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and I love that message so much. I think that's important to reiterate yeah. that there is hope. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, there is hope. I just want them to know that it's hope. I know that it's dark. I know that it's lonely. I know that they feel like. You know, they don't even want to sleep by themselves because they're so used to being with this person because they're going through separation. But I just want them to know there is hope and there is sunshine. Remember the people who that you still have that love you. Don't focus on what you lost. Focus on the people who you have around, who they have in their circle, their safe circle and look around to the other people who they can help. Get in community where you can be around women who can tell and share their stories too. Because sometimes if your family haven't been through it, they can't relate to you. And they'll say, oh, it's nothing. But that's not the case. But if you get into community, that will help you. So usually libraries that have things or... The YMCA, like look up things in your city or your state so that you can get involved and be around different women. So you won't think that you're losing your mind, Because some people won't believe you. But if you get in community around the women that are going through what you're going through, you'll be able to relate and you can help each other walk into the glory that God has for you.
0: Yeah, that's such an excellent point that there's people who love us that are in our life, but if they haven't been through this kind of experience, they really have no reference, no way that they can you know, be on that level with you because they've never thankfully experienced it. But But you're right. If you can find others who have been through something similar, that together you can lift each other up and provide that support and that strength for each other. And the point that you made about that you're not going crazy, right? You're not alone. You're not Mm -hmm. the only one. And there are others and people who can support you and help you through this. And I think that's hugely important for people to Mm -hmm. remember and know that there's resources that are available and others that can help you through this.
1: Yes. And one of those resources, when I got out of my domestic violence relationship, I went back to college so that I could finish my degree. And October came around and it was, you know, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I went to University of Delaware, I graduated from there. And they had every October a whole month full of programs, conferences and events that was geared towards domestic violence. So when I got in those rooms and I heard the women's stories, I listened to the, saw the documentaries and people telling their stories, I felt like I'm not alone. They know exactly what I'm going through. They know what I'm experiencing. They know my triggers. They know everything mentally that I'm going through. And it just gave me a sense of comfort because we was all going through we were all still trying to transition through dealing with our triggers and everything else that was going on with us at that time. So that's why I always say, get in community because it will help you and don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of anything because your shame will keep you trapped and locked in, you know, keeping you isolated. And we don't want you isolated. We want you out of that. So being in community really will help you in your healing journey.
0: Yeah, and something that you just brought up about shame and how so often we want to hide, right? If we think something is shameful or somebody is going to be like shame on you for whatever, it's like we want to hide from that and be, you know, hidden and alone and separated and that's not what needs to be happening at this time the situation that you're in it's so often that the victim blaming and it's like we blame ourselves other people blame us Mm -hmm. for what has happened and it's like that's not right that's not what's happening here like Mm -hmm. we and i say we in the general sense you know should not be the ones who are blamed for this situation Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and there's nothing shameful about what has happened
1: at all because that's where it happens like the shame that has been put on like back in the day how they would tell you be quiet so that's the taboo that's why everybody you know we don't talk about it and um, nobody says anything if you've been molested by a family member nobody says anything they'll handle it within or let god just handle it which god is our healer but at the same time how are we supposed to move past it we have to stop being quiet because our daughters Have the right, our son even need to know, so that it can be stopped. Because if it's not stopped, it's going to keep occurring. And it shouldn't take for me to break my silence, for my mom to break her silence, and then my grandmother, who broke her silence before she passed, when I shared what I was going through. But it shouldn't have took that long for me to know those stories, for me to be able to have those tools that I needed to help me, but it was too late. I had already been through it. So that's my mission. Like I want to help get the word out. I want to help our daughters know these signs so they won't go down that path. So they won't lose a decade of their life. Because that's important to me. That takes a lot of years away from you for you to be able to rebuild and recover so that's my mission I think of my goddaughter I think of my nieces and I'm like I don't want you to go through what I went through so I share I tell my story and when they got to a certain age I told them the whole truth because I want them to know because it starts young it starts
0: young you brought up about the generational your mother and your grandmother and I had an episode previously about you know mother daughter relationships and healing intergenerational trauma but this is another kind of side of that is not sharing what has happened per- perpetuates it so yeah. it leaves that open if you will if if these stories aren't shared you know with each other
1: yeah exactly it's we, like, we don't have the like, tools no we don't have the tool and the cycle keeps happening and I'm going to tell you how Our cycle happened because my mother's abuser, when she was young, his name was Richard. And so was my abuser. His name was Richard. If she would have told me that story and I would have knew what she'd been through, but she was taught to be quiet about it, that cycle could have been broken. Mm -hmm. And every time I think of it, I be like, how does that even occur? that your abuser and my abuser has the same first name. Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. That's really when the clock just went off in my head. When I thought of it, I was like, it's time for me to speak out and tell my story because I don't want no other little girl or no adult woman to have to go through what I went through. And there's so many stories. Like, you can't talk about it enough cuz my story is different from somebody else's story. So it's always room for all the women to tell their stories because nobody's story is the same.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point.
1: Okay. For sure.
0: It it's like our individual story is a part of a, a bigger broader story and each of us are a section of the the whole story. And so by sharing the pieces that we have, we're creating that whole. And so I I think it's truly important that we do get our message out so that others can learn from the experience and hopefully not ever have to repeat it.
1: Yes, that's my mission. I pray that they have the tools and they can't have the tools if we're not telling our stories and we have to tell our stories more. It's funny because women of color have higher numbers than our counterparts because a lot of the women of colors, the families, you don't tell anything outside the house. And our counterparts too, but they're not talking about it enough. And it has to be talked about so that those numbers can come down.
0: So Absolutely. they can be trees. Totally agree. Absolutely. So Janelle, let's talk then a little bit about how your experience taught you about healing and resilience
1: my experience taught me that i can overcome anything some of the things that i thought when i was going through some of those dark moments when i didn't want to leave when i wanted when you still had that thing like how am i loving somebody but i'm grieving him and i'm not grieving him because he's dead i'm grieving him because he's living but i just can't be with him Going through the grieving process, and I always associated grieving with that, but it's not true. You can grieve somebody that you've been with, but you're just walking away from them. So just overcoming the grieving, overcoming the parts when I didn't even want to live, because I would wake up crying, I would go to sleep crying, and just praying and asking God to just change it for me so that my heart would stop hurting. And I always remember just calling on God, just always praying and asking him to heal my heart. And then one day, it was just joy in the morning. Like it was one day that I just stopped crying when I woke up, because that's how much my heart hurt. I will wake up crying every morning and my mom would come to my room and she would say, this too shall pass. And I said, well, when? Because this hurts. It hurts so bad. And that one morning, God must have touched me through the night because I woke up and everything was just, I was just released from it. Not saying that I still didn't miss him, but my heart didn't hurt that way that it hurt for so long. So the resilience and just stepping into your purpose. And I realized that God allow you to walk through some things and you'll say, why me, God? Why did I go through it? Why is this? But he's going to use it for his glory. That's where the resilience comes in because he's going to use it. Even just the things that we don't think that's working for our good, it really is going to work for our good because he's going to use it at the end. Like you have to go through something in order for him to birth something in your life. Because if I didn't go through it, the book wouldn't have been written. You know, my program wouldn't have been created. So I had to go through the darkness in order for me to get to the glory so that I can receive the blessings that he wants to give to me. Always have to think of it that way of thriving and the resilience. And that's how I take on everything. Because if I got through that, I can get through anything. I can get through anything.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. Such a great reminder for sure. And it sparked a thought for me when you're going through something that's really incredibly difficult and challenging and you're like why is this happening to me how come and and for what reason it's like you may not see it in the moment but it's like coal through the the, the pressure becomes the diamond right yes. it's like these really difficult awful horrible challenging things that we are going through is what is creating that diamond that yeah. you become. And that's what I, I thought of when you were sharing that that portion of your story. And it's like we have to try to remember that it's for us.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. It's not against us. It's not against us. It's for us to help someone else. It's, it's for us to be a blessing to others. So my uh, book cover, I have like a flower that has blossomed up, but you see the root of the flower. And I always think of myself as when I was in that dark time, I was like the root. I was the seed. And then when God just started watering upon me, I was able to blossom into that beautiful woman who he had called me to be. But I had to get up out of the mud. I had to get out of all the layers, the bitterness, unforgiveness, all of the past dramas that I didn't. You know what I mean? That I didn't address. I had to overcome all of them so that I can blossom into this beautiful gift that he wants to take it and bless the whole world with it. So that's how I always have to look at it as you may be in your seed season, but he's going to water you so that he can blossom you into your gifting season. And it's the gifts is for you to use them to bless other people, to be a blessing to other people. So I always think of it that way. But when I was going through it, it was not easy. But I know that it's other women who are going through it right now and they don't have any hope. But you have to think that you're going to become a blossom. You're going to become that gift that he needs you to become. And your domestic violence story may lead you into engineering. It may lead you into becoming an artist, a singer. It could lead you into different avenues, but he's going to use it For his glory so that you can be a blessing to others
0: it's wonderful thank you for sharing that janelle i have enjoyed our conversation so much and i feel the passion from you for how important this is and sharing your knowledge your experience so that others can benefit and that absolutely radiates through Mm -hmm. and i love that you're doing that and you're sharing it in your book And in the work that you're doing to help others, I think it's amazing. So thank you. And I always love to ask my guests if there's any other books that they'd like to suggest that or podcasts that they think that the listeners would find beneficial or influential. And if you'd like to share something now, I would appreciate that.
1: Yes, it's called Purposely Thriving. It's a podcast and it helps women. They're divorced women. It's geared to divorce women, but it's helping women overcome the things that that's holding them back, that they don't feel like they can move forward. The owner did touch on domestic violence. So it's things there that they can listen to that can help them overcome and give them hope.
0: Excellent. Good recommendation. And I'll include that in the show notes. And, and so I'd like you to go ahead and tell us the name of your book again. And I'll include it in the show notes so that the listeners can easily find it. But if you want to go ahead and share that now,
1: okay. And you can find the book at know dot com, and it's again, it's know dot com. And you can find me on IG the Janelle Hunt and TikTok the Janelle Hunt, and Facebook it's just Janelle Hunt.
0: Excellent. I'll include all of that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. I am. Um, so honored that you came onto the show to share this with us today. Janelle, thank you for what you're doing. I think it's vitally important. And I thank you for your time tonight
1: Thank you for coming you. on the show. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my story. And you're just such a blessing and I pray that it blesses so many women.
0: Thank you. And we'll talk more soon. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening.